Welcome, Lorianne, to the Big Mama Hex podcast. I'm so excited you could join me today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Lorianne and I know each other um, originally because I worked at the school her son went to, and we would see each other passing, or where my son went to, and I also worked there, where we would see each other passing in the in the early morning times. But um, Lorianne and her husband, Michael, opened a restaurant called Firefly Cafe and Outpost. In what year was it? Uh, 2016. In 2016. So I had gotten wind of that. Um, we moved here in 2014, but I hadn't gotten over there, I think, until probably 2017 or 18. It had been a little while because things are just crazy and I hadn't gotten over there, but it was life altering when I came to Firefly. Um, the atmosphere was amazing, but the food was incredible. And I remember thinking, why have I been waiting so long? I can totally do this. And I was really inspired by, by the, by the food and the atmosphere. And I was really always like taken back by how welcoming you all were. Um, and I know that was something that we had discussed was, was really important to you guys for your business to feel, to make people feel really welcomed and not ever feel judged, which you could definitely get that feeling from Firefly and from you and Michael and the staff as well, um, the other waitresses and servers. Um, Thank you. Just, just a wonderful atmosphere. And um, yeah, so I just wanna know, I know this personally, but I'd love for you to tell the story of Firefly, how it came about, because I think it's such a nice story. So Michael and I used to live in Brooklyn and um, we just go over for dinner. We love to entertain and then we had our son and we wanted to move to be closer to family and we um just found it really hard to fathom moving to a place that didn't have any sort of vegan or vegetarian options or just the sort of place that we would want to go to so we just decided that we would make that place <laughs> with no restaurant experience at all um but that's pretty much, that was our motivation, just to kind of create a space that we would want in a town that we were moving to. That's an incredible story. And um, I just love, even down to the details, the way you guys designed, because I know you guys did a lot of the work, right? For the actual design of the building. Just, to, just down to we the did. details of the panels, the um, reclaimed wood panels and, and just um, the bar. It's just, it's just a gorgeous location and building and all the efforts you guys put in. And then also on top, you have the loft. Yeah, absolutely. I remember being blown away. It's a great atmosphere. It's just so relaxing and cozy and you just never want to leave. <laughs> we missed you guys Actually, a lot. One of, the reasons, one of the reasons that we actually did it when we did it, we actually had a timeline that was about a year later than when we actually opened. But in one of our visits home to visit my parents from Brooklyn, um, we happened to drive past our building and there was mm -hmm. a for rent sign in the window and it was always my favorite building in Boyertown. And um, Michael and I always said that if we were going to open a business, it would be in that building. So we just happened to be driving by, saw the for rent sign and um, just decided to go for it a year earlier than we had planned. We weren't really prepared at all. <laughs> That's such but, a um, cool. Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't, seemed like it and um we hooked up with our landlords who are really very cool people shared our vin for what we wanted to do with the space and um so the rest is history i guess <laughs> that's awesome that's such a cool story and what is that building called because it's actually my favorite building too it's the something with an e what do they call the building it's on the side in really nice lettering do you know Jesus. i should know this <laughs> i'll have to figure it out and report back later but did you see the tidbit? Did you guys see the um, tidbit from Historic Boyertown about the caskets? I didn't know that. The planters are actually made yes. up from the casket company. That's really cool. Yeah. It's the color. I mean, everything about it. I love it. I know. I mean, we um we just found so many cool things because Michael and I demoed the space. You know, yeah. we had to basically take it down to the the basics and we found so many cool things. And that kind of determined what our design little because we I mean when we took the space it had a drop ceiling and mm -hmm. um, you couldn't even see 
those beautiful stained glass windows from the inside and we were just demoing and we happened to get up on a ladder and look through this kind of um, crawl space that was up there and all we saw was the ceiling and those windows and then we were like you know what we have to take the ceiling down (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) and um we all um you know we picked up like five layers of flooring and found those beautiful original floors that are there. We um, found the, the brick that was hidden behind the, um, I guess, the wood paneling that we had. So a lot of what we found doing the demo kind of informed our design of the space. And we wanted to keep as much original as we could because it's such a beautiful space. So yeah, it's incredible. And the loft is so beautiful too. Yeah, the space is so gorgeous and so incredible. And the loft is really neat, too. I mean, it's very, very cool up there. And yes, you, guys really, you guys really took a leap of faith. I know from just talking to you about it, you, t- you took everything you had and put it into this business. So it's really your heart and soul. Everything's inside Firefly, right? <laughs> Blood, sweat, tears, retirement, everything. Yes. Life savings. Yes. You admit it's in there. Well, it's very cool. Um, you and Michael are wonderful people and just such creative spirits. I've just really enjoyed getting to know you. I spent a little time working there, which was so much fun. It was, you know, when you're self-employed and you're a parent and you work from home, it's just so good to get out of the house. And it was just such a nice experience just to be there. And the people that would come in, you know, I'm, I was, I was not normally around people very much. Um, you have a wonderful group of patrons and they're just wonderful people. I mean, really kind and, and just great people. I got to meet very, 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 very nice people. And it's so funny because I have to tell you, this is, this is going back a couple of years, you know, I'm turning 40 this year. And, um, my experience of, of generally in general vegans or, um, veganism, it was always so hostile and I was a vegetarian for a very long time. And, um, I remember like being in, in Baltimore and um, a lot of the people that we hung out with were cross punks and vegans. And I think I've told you this story before about how they were freegans because a lot of them were kind of like squatters and not really like, didn't have a lot of, you know, um, options for finding vegan food. I remember one of our friends would dumpster dive and get what he could or whatever, but I just kind of remember like, you know, the vegans that we interacted with being like really judgmental about us being vegetarians and not really understanding it. And I wish mm-hmm. I had met you guys back then because you have such um, a great, I don't know how to word it, like interaction with people that come in that don't even, they're not even vegetarians. And the atmosphere is so welcoming and so warm and there's no level of judgment at all. And I think to help people change you know, you have to show empathy or like kindness and consideration. I think you guys have that down so well. It's just such a great experience. And it really helped me personally, um, you know, make that transition with, without any of that judgment, but you know, it's too, it's too bad that that had happened before, because I think if one of them had, you know, talked to me about the reasons why they're vegan or the reasons why it's so important and the impact that it has on the environment, which I had no idea about until really very recently and through you guys and following um, different organizations online, the impact that it has. I I never considered that. And so I just want to say thank you both so much for being that pillar in our community, not only giving an option to vegetarian and vegan people, but also to be a safe place for people to make that transition or like even, you know, have some options as far as, you know, not feeling so locked into something just because it's tradition or it's the way that it, they've done it for so long, you know? So you guys are doing an incredible mm-hmm. job with that. Thank you. I mean, that's one of the things we knew when we moved back that we were doing something very new and different for our area. Yeah. Um, and we knew that we had to, you know, we wanted to make it accessible to people. We, we wanted people to realize that vegan food is, delicious and exciting and um fun and it's not depressing or sad or you know you're not sacrificing and sitting around eating grass all day which is what a lot of people think you know it's actually really enjoyable to be vegan and for a lot of people it renews their passion in food 
you know, yes. in a way that they didn't have before. So, I mean, from the beginning, we wanted to make it a very accessible place. We wanted to, you know, we, 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 and we have a very eclectic clientele as well. I mean, yes. old people, young people, vegans, non-vegans, mm -hmm. first time vegans, you know, locals, non-locals. I mean, we, have tried to make it accessible and it's almost more, I wouldn't say more important, but it means more to us when people come that aren't vegan and are trying mm -hmm. something for the first time and, you know, leave pleasantly surprised and maybe they'll eat one more vegan meal a week or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it starts very slow and that's, yes. that's okay. You know, you have to go all in all at once. And I think, that's what sometimes turns people off of it is feeling like they it's all or nothing and it doesn't have to be that way when you're first starting it is right i mean when you've been that way you know what i mean it, it is all mm -hmm. or nothing but it doesn't have to start out that way and it doesn't have to be that way for everyone i mean we just want people to eat less animal products mm -hmm. <laughs> however they do it as right. often as they do it we just you know want people to less animals basically yeah and you know what's interesting too it's kind of like feeding kids because it's like you know you hear you have to try something three bites and then you'll get an idea of it but it's interesting because i think i definitely didn't realize like how many options were around plus you know going back to the baltimore days that was 20 years ago there were not the options that we have now and that's what's really cool too is the exposure that that firefly's given me to different products and it's really cool you guys stock so many different products and different, you know, you can I've basically run through everything and tried it out at least once. But it's neat because I think a lot of people have this preconception, like you said, about grass or, or salad, that eating, eating mm -hmm. in a, eating in a vegan diet is actually limiting, but it's actually not, it's really, you, you start to play, like you said, with foods that you wouldn't have thought of before, like where I used to spend a very large majority of our grocery money on like, meats and things now i have transitioned to vegetables and mm -hmm. fruits and you get to know these amazing and and so nutrient so nutrient dense uh foods that you just wouldn't have thought of before so i think that's an incredible point and i think what's neat is that it is like i see people that are not vegans and i have friends in the community that are not vegans that enjoy the food so much because it's like you have to give them that opportunity to see how delicious delicious it can be. And it's not actually lacking. It's actually more flavorful, you know? So, you know, and I have to give it up. I, I mean, Thank you, you. Both are, you both are involved, but Michael, he's incredible. He's like a magician in, in the, in the kitchen. Right. I mean, his stuff is like, I don't know how, I mean, he's, it's amazing. And it must be so intuitive for him. He must just have like an intuitive way with food that he's so good at like pairing the spices and just the flavor. I mean, it's, it's incredible the stuff you yeah. guys come up with and you keep it so fresh. Like there's always something new being offered, which is really cool. Thank you. I mean, Michael is definitely a more natural cook than I am. I think I, you know, he, his mom is an amazing cook and he spent, um, you know, his childhood in the kitchen with her. And I think that's where he gets his spice. <laughs> spice towels yeah. from you know um sorry julian's yelling in the background no, that's okay. to... trust me i know i'm waiting for mine <laughs> um so yeah i mean michael since i met him has just always been a really really good cook and he it comes much more naturally to him that sort of you know I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I think I, I'm, a, I'm an okay cook. I cook some things really well, but to me, it's been a little harder to get there, I think. And for mm -hmm. Michael, it's just, you know, like he'll make a soup from scratch and it's just ridiculous. I don't know how he does it or, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it's yeah. definitely a so, gift, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a natural gift. I know what you mean. I used to cook and I, Especially, I'll be honest with you, especially anytime I would have to like handle meat or anything, it felt very, very uncomfortable. And, you know, it sucks that it took me this long, but it just got to a point where I was like, this feels awful to me doing this and participating in this and like feeding this to my kids. And like, why am I waiting? 
and like what's holding me back just like fear yeah. I think it's like a fear thing it's really strange but yeah um, well, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's what it is for a lot of people I mean some people just you know don't have any interest in it and they never will try it or do it but I mean for a lot of people I think they want to do it but you just hear and to be honest years and years and years ago like when you first thought about it and over the years the many times that I tried veganism before it finally stuck I mean one of the reasons I had so many problems sticking with it personally was the cheese <laughs> situation yes, <girl>. yes. <laughs> I love I mean I always loved cheese and yeah. vegan cheeses were kind of awful years yeah. ago you know there just weren't any good options and um that used to always just be the thing that made it hard for me to stick with it but honestly these days there are vegan versions of everything that are amazing and now I can't even imagine eating real cheese I think vegan cheese tastes so much better and yes you know it doesn't give you the same heavy kind of yes. gross yes. and digestive problems yes. that regular cheese does so yes. you know and it tastes problems. amazing it yeah Yes, I mean, dairy I, is not good for you. No, I was suffering very badly right before we were doing the vegetarian thing. And then when we switched, I had none of the um, chest issues and asthma issues that I had. It was like kind of incredible, you know, that the, there yeah, was well, such a huge impact. Inflammatory food, so, yes. you know, it, people don't realize that. I didn't realize it, you know, yeah. years and years ago. I had no idea. I mean, I have arthritis and mm -hmm. I think one of the main reasons that it's not a bigger issue for me is because I don't eat meat and dairy and a lot of the right. inflammatory foods you know so um just another reason <laughs> yeah you know it's funny because when I say fear I think what I mean and this is definitely what I mean is fear of breaking tradition um you know there's always mm -hmm. been this tension between who I am and who my family is and who they want me to be. And I've just mm -hmm. recently broken that. And that's really hard. And just to circle around with that, um, it's interesting because when I first finally dined at Firefly, I was working, I'm working on a book right now. And the publisher also put out a book by a, a young lady from this area um, about Scrapple. So it's History Press and they did a book about Scrapple. And um, I had this damn book Lorianne in Firefly and I was like looking at it. I think I was there by myself. I was looking at it because I had to research her book to know how to like write my book, right? And I'm sitting here and then they get to like the slaughter pictures and I was like, oh my God. Like first of all, I can't look at this in this space. But also just I can't like it's not okay if you can't watch it to be okay with consuming it. So that was just like another breaking point where I was just like this, I can't because I can't look at this, you know, and I can't I just can't look at this imagery, but to, to wrap back around to um, sort of your background, that, that idea of feeling fearful of breaking the tradition, I know that you grew up in Blairtown and you grew up in a Pennsylvania Dutch household, yes, and you know how important the food is, and like, it's so meat and potatoes based, and I don't know, you know, if you ever had that tension, but I know that you did get away for a while and went out to New York and lived there for quite a bit. But I, I know, and, and with Michael as well, like his background, he's from a Puerto Rican family. Is that correct? Like just Puerto mm -hmm. Rican, right? Yeah. And he probably had yep. the same experience too, because I know um, my ex-husband also is also Puerto Rican and it's very like pork and chicken and fish is always included mm -hmm. in the meal. And it's very, it's very much about tradition. It's not just what you're consuming, but just being able to, I remember when we first went vegan, being really anxious about, well, we, we always host Thanksgiving and like, what is going to happen? Like, I didn't want my mom bringing a turkey. I certainly wasn't going to make a turkey. Um, our nutritionist was like, she's also plant-based, but she makes a turkey for her family. And I was like, new, no. cause everybody's plant-based or vegan for a different reason sometimes, you know? But I remember that was a really big source of um, anxiety. So I'm just wondering how, how did that go for you? And did you feel like leaving the area made it a little easier? Well, I mean, I stopped eating meat when I was 17, I guess. So I was still living at, I mean, it was my, probably my senior year of high school. I was still okay. living at home and um, it was very difficult, I guess. The thing is for me, 
I've never really liked meat. I've kind of been repulsed by it from a very young age. So it wasn't really a new fight that I was having with my family. It was kind of a fight that I had had with them over the years of all the times they tried to <laughs> force me to eat meat and other things that just kind of made me sick, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I did finally just go completely vegetarian when I was 17 and it definitely caused fights. I mean, they tried, you know, it was really hard for them to understand. I think I was old enough at that point that I could make a lot of my own food and it wasn't really, you know, a matter of family meals and someone having to make special food for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was at a time that I was old enough to kind of do my own thing. And then pretty soon after that, I went to college. So, but it was definitely, you know, a little stressful, but like I said, they, it wasn't a surprise to them because I had always been pretty anti-meat my whole life. Right, um, right. But it, you know, it was hard for me to come home because at first, I mean, um, I remember going out to like a diner with my mom and trying to figure out what I was going to eat. And mm -hmm. that's when I realized that they even put meat in vegetables around here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like I got a vegetable plate and I still wasn't safe, you know? I know. So um, it was, you know, but my mom is awesome and she, she started, <laughs> to, you know, make food make special food for me when I would come home to visit. And my mom now actually doesn't eat meat either, which is oh, great. So, cool. so, and Michael became vegetarian when he was an adult and living on his own. So I guess there wasn't really a huge conflict with his family and they've been pretty understanding and have tried to make, you know, they've made special food for us when we've seen them. So, uh, but I know a lot of young people definitely don't have that support and it's a lot harder for them to, yeah. to do that. You know? Yeah. It's really frustrating because, you know, I, what was neat about working at Firefly was I would see, you know, a lot of moms would come in and say, yeah, my daughter's coming in for the holidays and stuff and I'm trying to get her some things that she can eat and be really supportive and excited for them. And that just wasn't my experience. It was always sort of like with many things in my life, like setting me up for failure where it was just kind of like not a thing to like support me in these decisions. And it's interesting because only until recently, like my mom's kind of making the transition slowly, but surely, but it's nice to see because, you know, we we're a family of animal lovers, to be honest, and very compassionate and sensitive people and how you can't, how you cannot see um, the connection there. You know, we grew up in a, in a, in a house in a town, but you know, my husband grew up on a farm and he saw, he saw slaughters and he, you know, how to participate in that. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a different kind of upbringing when you're not able to make um, a connection between what you're consuming and what, what the, what the animal had to go through. That's very difficult. And then it's equally difficult to yeah. imagine being, de being desensitized to that. If you have seen it, like, how could you like see that and not feel like, a complete piece of shit for like eating it, you know, but not everybody is as sensitive as us. I think that is, I don't understand it, but I, I know that, I mean, one of the problems in this country for sure mm -hmm. is just the lack of connection with our entire food system and people don't know yeah. where their food comes from, you know, I mean, it's, um, everything's usually so packaged and processed and, you know, so it's kind of easy to eat meat and eat those kinds of things and not have any concept of how it got there, you right. know, and all yeah. the horrific things that happened along the way mm -hmm. to get it on your plate. So um, that's a problem, not just for, you know, veganism and animal cruelty, but for a lot of different things, I guess. Yeah, and they're, you know, and then the, the marketing of it all where they say, you know, humanely processed or 
humanely raised or cage-free eggs or free range it's all bullshit which you know you don't like you you listen and milk does a body good like we're around the same age like that was a huge campaign milk does a body good no it gives you osteoporosis like that's true it's just really really difficult but um i think it's really it's hard because once you and there like, are a lot of horrible things that what did you say sorry <laughs> no you're fine i was gonna say that there are a lot of horrible things that happen in the dairy industry too i mean it's oh, yeah. not just the meat industry it's like there are horrors in the dairy industry that mm -hmm. honestly i maybe i didn't know about them or didn't think about them or didn't want to acknowledge them before i became vegan but um it's not any more humane just to drink milk and eat cheese than to um eat meat because equally horrific things happen to those animals, you know, to produce the, the dairy. So I'm trying to remember the, um, the guy's name. He's, Oh, James Aspie. See, this is what I think has made a difference nowadays. Um, when we were growing up and around the time I, when I was 14, I tried to go vegetarian and it was very difficult. Like I said, um, just having access and having support in my in my household but um i remember PETA was super big then and the thing about PETA that was always kind of off-putting for me um is is they sh kind of shamed you yeah like i felt like there was a lot of shame around it and sort of like you know with anything that you're trying to gain people's um under give people understanding or try and um relieve them from their ignorance is you know not to shame them that's not the way to do it and i like the way that um people like james aspie do it in a way that's meeting people where they are and answering questions and having a conversation and not like just shutting them down um i think that's really powerful mm -hmm. and he and he says also you know there is no humane way to slaughter an animal because it's just inhumane so. it's death. <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's that's been really valuable in our in our current time right now is having people that like try and talk to people in a much more empathetic way and try and understand where they're coming from because at the end of the day like you said mm -hmm. you know we need to listen to each other more and be open um you know because that's how people change because i felt so supported you know having you guys here and having the access to really great amazing vegan food and 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 seeing the things that you create and the dishes inspired me to try new things and it did become really exciting to work with food and think about food in a different mm -hmm. way in a much more positive way there was no shame anymore like i didn't feel good before preparing foods that i knew once you know and you still continue to consume this because it's just tradition mm -hmm. and hard to break off um it's been really it's been really a great experience for me just um you know for self-respect really to feel proud about what I'm giving my kids and, and putting in my body, you know, and made a huge effect on our, um, on our health for sure. My husband and I, so it's been really incredible. You guys, you guys have been so wonderful and just having you here has been such a blessing for our town. Thank you. I mean, there's a saying that there's a Rastafarian saying that like when you eat animals, you kind of take in the death and all of the horrible things that, happens to that animal and you know i kind of feel that way when you're eating that way and when you're consuming those things you're consuming it's not good for you spiritually you know what i mean to consume yeah. death i mean it's just not it's not good for your health and it's also not good for your spirit i don't think so um but i mean we you know have always tried to make it accessible and definitely you're not going to you're not going to bring anyone to your side by making them feel like shit about <laughs> what they're doing. I mean, it just doesn't work. You know, when I, when I first became a vegetarian many, 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 many years ago, I mean, I used to have these conversations. I was definitely maybe more of an activist back then, you know, when I had time to be one, but, um, you know, I had all these conversations with people. I didn't have any other friends or family or know anyone else who was a vegetarian at the time so i was used to having all of these conversations and you know i don't know i think i never tried to 
shame people into anything. I, I guess, I don't know, maybe when you're an old school vegan or vegetarian, you're just used to having to do things a little different because mm-hmm. it definitely was not mainstream, not even a little bit. I mean, no. how many years ago, I don't even want to say how many years ago that was. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> Almost 30 years ago, you know, like oh things goodness. were very different. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe now it's easier to be more combative or, um, I don't know, because you have a community behind you, but there was not really a community to back you up back then. You know, you were kind of on right. your own. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that's why we come at it from a little bit of a different, but I mean, I know a lot of vegans. There are both kinds of vegans. There are definitely yeah. the combative ones that mm-hmm. kind of give them, give us all a bad name. But there are a lot of vegans who definitely try to be kinder and, um, you know, more compassionate. And nobody wants to be made to feel like shit about what they're doing. It's a lot easier to reach someone if you can just inform them, give them information, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially give them a meal that is enjoyable. I mean, I think that's the, the best way to argue your case is to you know give someone vegan food that they enjoy so yeah yeah it's so interesting um well really quick I also want you to include um how you came up with the name firefly because I thought that was a really nice story too so Michael and I came up with a lot of (laughs) a lot of (laughs) names some of them weirder than others but um (laughs) you know we I don't know, like I was, because for me, it was definitely a homecoming and, you know, a return to a place that I hadn't lived in a really long time. And so I was just thinking of something to me that represented being here and growing up in a small town. And I mean, one of my earliest, one of my favorite childhood memories, I guess, is running around the backyard chasing fireflies at night. I'm sure that's the same for a lot of people that, you know, grew up in a, in the country. So um, that's where it came from, just based on a childhood memory, really. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful, though, because I don't know, I mean, like you said, it could have been named so many things, and sometimes they can be (laughs) kind of semi-aggressive names. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, where do we go? Um, there was a place in the South when I was in Atlanta that we went and it was so good. It wasn't a combative name, but now I can't think of it. Soul vegetarian. I think it was called. It was really good. And then Philly had a couple really nice restaurants too, but yeah, it was hard. It was slim pickings. Um, my husband and I lived in Baltimore, my other husband, um, when we were vegetarians and it was really, it was difficult. Um, there was a place at Fells point, a little hip area, but, um, they had great burritos, but it was hard. It was tricky in the two, early 2000s. Um, a lot of pasta, you know, it was just not good for my butt. I mean, it's so, it's so different now. And I think what's interesting about what you said about Michael learning how to cook early on with his mom is, you know, I think that's when you learn how to cook when you're a child, I think there's a different kind of magic in it. And I also mm-hmm. like you as well. Um, I didn't really do that with my mom and I had to learn as an adult and mm-hmm. there were vegetables that I didn't know how they were actually supposed to taste because they were cooked and boiled to pieces and yes. never felt really um, appealing. You know, like I didn't know about broiling when I was growing up. Like I had no idea all these ways you can prepare foods that can make them the change of the taste so drastic. So I think that's neat. And just having a little experience watching Michael in the kitchen, it's neat to just watch him. I mean, and, and, and the Satan, like amazing. Like I just can't, you guys, your chicken salad. I just, I could just live there and eat there for the rest of my life. So, which brings me to my next question is, you know, I hope you guys are doing okay during this um, horrible pandemic and what it's doing to small businesses. I know um, you guys have chosen to, uh, have it be takeout only, which I think is really smart because, you know, as, as friends, we care a lot about your health and safety. And I thought it was a really good move. I just, I'm really hoping you guys can pull through because I know how much you put into this and, and it, and it's so good for our community to have you guys here. So what can people do to help keep you guys afloat? 
Well, I mean, we have, we're so lucky because we have a great customer base. And I mean, we have some people that have been driving weekly, you know, 45 minutes, you know, to an hour just to get takeout from us or get pre-order, which I, I think is incredible. And, you know, we're so grateful for all of our customers that have stuck with us. Um, I mean, I guess just, you know, we're, we made the choice that we made because of our family situation and having immunocompromised people in our, in our home. Um, so, you know, it maybe is not so much of a choice. It's something that we have to do to protect our family. And mm -hmm. it's certainly not ideal, but um, we're hoping that at some point <laughs> in the next year, I mean, I would hope, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, I mean, we're just doing everything we can and, trying to just make as much food as we can. And honestly, like we, since we've been doing the pre-orders, you know, where people order ahead of time, we're doing a completely different menu and we've been having a lot of fun just doing all kinds of crazy things that we would never have time to do if we were, it's kind of monotonous cooking day after day after day for a restaurant menu. Mm -hmm. It can get monotonous because you're cooking the same things all the time and we you know tried to have a lot of specials but um there just never seemed to be a lot of time for us to cook anything different and fun and try a lot of new things so we've been having a lot of fun with that and um i guess you know we'll just keep doing it as long as we can yeah it's, <laughs> and it's, hope it's, that the world gets better soon yes oh yeah knock on wood um, it was neat though, because I feel like you guys transitioned really quickly to having an online shop and, and offering the takeout. And it just seemed like, I mean, Michael's like such magic in the kitchen, but you're so magic in the business aspect and just getting things like all organized and like reformatting your whole structure and method. And I thought it worked out really nicely. I mean, you know, there wasn't a transition period where we were like, oh my God, where's Firefly, you know? And, and then they really important part for the community too is that because you've taken these safety precautions you guys don't have to shut down for a couple weeks to quarantine or anything you're you're keeping things really safe and i know for my family personally you guys were the ones that for very very many months we were only trusting you guys to eat from i'm um, like we've since i think gone to china king a couple times but i'm still like kind of sketched out but i just know that there's like a definite level of um care and concern and safety precautions and Lorianne and I live on the same island of quarantine together because we have not broken quarantine yet and we are like I want to call us um what are they calling people that are having COVID for so long long haulers <laughs> we're long haul quarantiners right it's so funny because I thought of you today there was a clap back on me on a Boyertown parent supportive parenting group or whatever and she was like well, I had never thought about Thanksgiving because I've been quarantining since March. And I was like, girl, so have I. And I'm just like, what you got? Because I don't know if we can make it through this. I say we can make it through anything yeah. because I am really like, I mean, I am an introvert and I am really missing humans. To be honest. It's like, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely so tricky. Well, but um, yes. even introverts, I think, are at their limit with how, how much. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Or family time, family togetherness as well is uh yeah. As much as you love family, you know, yeah, it's, it's nice to talk to other people too. And, but, and um, to get away for a I little mean, bit too. What's up? To get away a little bit too, just to have a little breather alone. Yeah. I'm sure you're like me. You like alone time. Yes. If we I remember what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Michael and I, you know, we we're New Yorkers, so we. Mm. I think we're just very scrappy people. I mean, we're very, you know, when we saw that something had to be done, we just did it. We took a week off and just kind of reworked our entire business. And, um, yeah. you know, I feel like we're still doing that. Like we, I mean, that's kind of just something that we've been doing since we opened our doors. We've tried right. so many different things. We've done train rides. We've done weddings. We've done, you know what I mean? Like we've done mm -hmm. open mic done dinner I mean we've done we've tried everything and we will try anything you know and when something doesn't work we try something else I mean it's 
just kind of the way that we've been in our business since we opened. And um, maybe that's what gave us the, I don't know, kick in the ass motivation that we needed to just change course because yeah. it's what we've always been doing since we opened, I guess. Yeah. When something that's awesome. work, you just try something else. So yeah. And you know what? I think that speaks to both of you are very creative people. You're both, you, you're artists as well. And I think it speaks to that. This is why art education is so important for kids because when you have that creative spirit, you find solutions. Like creative people make solutions. You just, there's no option. You just find a solution because you're a creative person. And I think that's really important to note too, that you guys are both incredible artists and some of your arts up hanging in the firefly as well. And you've opened your doors many times to um, sh showcasing different artists when you did have in-house dining. And that was really an incredible experience for myself and also to view other people's artwork. That was a lot of fun too. So I loved that you had a couple of things going at the same time to um, like a multi-level experience, you know? And then the little yeah. area, in, what were you guys calling the area in the back? Um, sort of towards close to when quarantining started, but that was really, really warm uh -huh. and cozy too. The hub, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah and I had a workshop okay. there. That was so much fun. Yeah, you guys, I just, I love the environment and the space and I really miss it. Like, I feel like it's like cheers for yeah. us. You know, it's like the bar and we need, we need you guys back. But what we wanted to do, I mean, we, it was important to us not just to promote veganism, but I mean, we wanted to really be a welcoming space to everyone. I mean, yes. people of all colors, sexual orientations, you know, I mean, we really wanted to promote inclusiveness and, you know, I don't know, just acceptance. And, you know, we've tried to promote that with our business. I hope that we have, um, you know, it's, it was very important to us to not just be a restaurant, but to be a community space where people would feel welcome and safe and, you know, not be judged. And, um, you know, I hope that someday we will be able to get back to some of that and see people inside again. <laughs> yeah, hope. can you imagine? It's been so long. It feels so strange. I know. Yeah, I was no. going to actually... I was going to actually ask you about that. And, you know, in the future, I'd love to do some like free workshops for kids too. maybe like lower income kids or I don't know, some kind of outreach would be really nice. It's stuff that I've been thinking about a lot and maybe we could collaborate on that. Mm -hmm. But you guys also um, organize the ITAL Fest. Am I saying that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, am I saying that right? Yeah. Yep. So tell tell me a little bit about that because I didn't get to go to it. Was it the was it the one year or have you done it multiple years? Well, we did it in 2019, I guess. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at it. 2019. 20? Yep. Yep. Yeah, 2019. I even know what year it is. <laughs> Where are we? we did it last year. Yeah, we did it in summer last year, and it was the first one, and. We weren't sure if we were going to do it in 2020. We wanted to, but then obviously everything got derailed. So, um, right. but I think now, honestly, it's more important than ever to have something like that because, yeah. you know, it's just really important to be accepting of people that aren't like you, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and to be open to different things and to go outside of your comfort zone sometimes. And, yeah. um, we just wanted to create a festival that would be really fun and welcoming and um, celebrate, you know, kind of all of the things that we hold dear and all of the things that we try to promote with our business. It was an all vegan festival, of course. Mm -hmm. um, it was amazing. I mean, unfortunately, it went out in a, a well, not a blaze of glory. It went out in like a crazy storm. <laughs> Yeah, we were at the kind of, I remember that. Oh my God, it was crazy. It was very dramatic and was kind of a, looking back on it, I guess it was a cool way to end it. It was definitely unforgettable. But, um, you know, we hope to do something like that again when people are able to safely mm -hmm. get together, you know, for that sort of event. Um, it was definitely the first of its kind in Boyertown, I'm, you know, for sure. So, and people seem to have a really good time and 
Um, it just should have gone on a little bit longer than it did, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that I remember that year. That year was tough with the weather. I remember thinking, uh, I'm so done with the podcast. <laughs> it's just too much. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know um, you guys, you guys proudly wave the rainbow flag outside of your um, of your storefront and your restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I know there was a little pushback and I can imagine um, that was a really brave and courageous stance to take. Some Sometimes in our town, it's a little hard. Um, well, I haven't lived here this long, but I've my, my grandparents lived here and my mom grew up here. So I do know a little bit about how it's been a very difficult road um, to be inclusive in Boyertown sometimes, but I do feel like we're in a good um, time maybe where there's more and more um, demand for it and a demand for being visible. I think what you said about it's really important to have the ITAL Fest. Am I saying it right? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. I'm always messing how things are said um, because you want to be visible, not, not to be um, pushy or judgmental, but visible. I think that's really important. And that always was very, very mm. cool to me, but I know you guys did have a little backlash and, you know, I just want to thank you for having that as well in the layers of the ways that you guys have become such a, such a warm and inviting and welcoming place and a safe space, a safe space for everyone. So that's very meaningful. And I really, really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, we had honestly overwhelming, overwhelming support. I mean, there was a little bit of pushback from sure. a couple of people, but I mean, it was so overwhelmingly positive that those people really meant nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. Um, I mean, I grew up here and I remember mm -hmm. there being KKK rallies in town. Yes. And that's one of the main reasons that I moved away is because I just didn't yes. want to live in a place like that, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. You know, as I started coming back in recent years before we moved back, I definitely saw a change. And, um, you know, if you can't be part of the change that you want to see, you can't really complain. You know what I mean? If you want things to be different, you have to try to make them different. You know, you have to stand behind your beliefs and, mm -hmm. you know, be proud of what you believe. And especially you have to stand behind your beliefs and stand up for other people that are not able to do that for themselves. So I think that's yes. the most important thing for the flag is, you know, to, um, to be proud about it and to stand up for others who, you know, maybe they are in a situation where they, they can't be as loud and proud about their beliefs for whatever reason. So mm -hmm. you have to be willing to do it for them. You know, and yeah. that's what we've always tried to do. We don't shy away from expressing our opinions or our beliefs. And I know some people might not like it and we might lose some business for it, but that's okay. You know? Right. It's important. It's, it's like there, ethical. There are more important things. It's like ethical business. Yeah. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I just had a conversation sure. with someone about ethical design and it's really, really important to take that stance. But I always, when I think of it, I think of, the teen or the young adult who's unsure and then sees that as a symbol and just like can anchor themselves with that, especially if they're having a really hard time at home or afraid, you know, to, sure. to have support. And that's always what, of course, because I'm a teacher, I always think of young people. And it's neat because um, having subbed mm -hmm. a little bit in, in Boyertown High School, you know, there were many kids that you just got a feeling like, you know, this kid is probably going through this and just to have that symbol in their town with with the town's history of yeah of, of hate and bigotry and and just not necessarily the town itself but condoning it by having you know these I remember the marches I just talked to somebody about that on the last podcast episode I did because my grandparents mm -hmm. lived on Philadelphia Avenue and I believe it was Philadelphia Avenue because I think it was right past their yeah. house I'm not sure if it was no not yep. Philadelphia Avenue I'm sorry they lived on East 4th Street but I remember my grandfather kind of like standing out and making sure like things were they peaceful to up for sure yeah it's yeah. crazy can you imagine like not that long ago it's wild to imagine that and then to see the full circle and see um i mean there have been other people what did there you have say? been other people before us 
there have been other people before us. I mean, before we even moved back that have stood up to, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of people and told them that they were not welcome here. So it's not just us. I mean, there are definitely a lot of other people in our town who don't want that kind of hate and negativity around. And, you know, like I said, a lot of people before us have, you know, stood up for being more inclusive and chasing those kind of people away. So, um, you know, I think everybody has to stand up for what they believe in. If everybody's, you can think something, but if you're quiet about it and you don't let it known what your beliefs are, it's not really going to help anyone or change anything. And, um, you know, I hope, I mean, just, you know, not that long ago, some other people in town um, organized the Black Lives Matter yeah, march, which yeah. was amazing. You know, so it's definitely not just us. There are a lot of people that are doing things to promote more inclusiveness and acceptance. And um, I think that's the majority here now, you know, and we agree. Honestly, we wouldn't have moved back if I didn't think that was the case. I think it's trending more and more in that direction. And there are still going to be some people who, you know, want to live in the dark ages, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, I hear you. They're all numbered now, I think so. Yeah, I definitely get that sense living here. And and I did not grow up here, but my mom didn't. And she actually left because of these these um, old circumstances. And it's nice to see, you know, when I pass building a better Boyertown, I always take it really to heart because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of efforts, collective efforts to mm-hmm. make it a better town and a more, um, a warm place to feel safe and, and accepted and loved. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think things are, things were so exciting right before this all happened. Things were getting really exciting. Yeah, so they really were. I can't wait to see <laughs> see things pick back up. But I think it just shows, you know, the resiliency of the town and and certainly of you guys as um, restaurant owners, just being able to be creative and come up with new solutions to keep things going. So I really appreciate everything you guys have done. And also want to ask, um, please plug how people can find you. And also, um, how can we support Firefly in the upcoming um holidays uh gift you guys do gift cards which is a nice way to uh show support and anything like that well i mean the holidays are going to be tough this year i think for all businesses because mm-hmm. holidays are really the make or break time for so many people and definitely no one well most people are not going to be doing nearly what they would normally do for the holidays. So, I mean, obviously if you can support a small business in any way, it's any way that you can is welcome. Um, We do have an online store. It's, um, I'm not going to tell you the link for it. I can link it too. Yeah. No problem. I can uh, link it. (laughs) It's, uh, well, you can find the link on our website, which is fireflycafeboyertown.com. You can find it on our Instagram, on our Facebook page, which are both Firefly Cafe Boyertown. Um, And I mean, just, I thank our customers who are, you know, who have been so supportive and who've been keeping us going. And, you know, if you're looking to buy vegan products or um, do some shopping, I mean, I would just urge you to choose a small store, choose a small business to do it at, because honestly, you might pay more. You probably will pay more. Um, There's a reason why you'll pay more. And that's because we pay more as a small Mm -hmm. business than a corporation does. Um, But if you can afford to pay a little bit extra, um, you know, to support a small business, we need it and we really appreciate it. And I can guarantee that a lot more love and dedication and attention to detail and you know a lot more goes into all of the choices that we make of the products that we carry and the food that we serve um and like so many people have said the corporations are going to be fine they're doing Mm -hmm. way better than they've ever done ever before they've only gotten richer you know a lot of small businesses have not made it will not make it um we're lucky that we are still around and, you know, we hope to be here for a long, long time, but the holidays are a time when you can really 
do a lot to help a small business. So we're hoping that not just us, but that all small businesses are being supported. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a really important time because like I said, so many small businesses depend on this couple of months to make enough to get them through the winter months and all of the other slow times. And it's even more important this year than ever. So, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Um, that's really invaluable. And one thing that I did as a gift for my mom <laughs> was I put together a really nice uh, basket for her, just a sampler of firefly products, you know, stuff that you can get in the outpost. And it was really, it just presented really nicely. And the stuff is amazing and so yummy. Mm-hmm. We are going to do baskets this year probably oh so that's, cool that's awesome that makes it so much easier for me because the the zhuzhing and the fluffing was really the problem for me but um just a couple of my favorites i'll mention um betterhead kitchen of course i ju- just adore jason he's a wonderful guy and um mm-hmm. uh, con- um conscious cultures what i'm messing conscious it up conscious yes. culture me, yep i mean jason's name he's wonderful butterhead kitchen yes jason yeah, he's awesome. He was a customer who started his own food business and he makes amazing products that we carry at mm-hmm. um, Firefly. And um, Conscious Cultures Creamery is another, they're based in Philly, but they make mm-hmm. amazing, amazing cheeses that we carry. We try to carry as many local um, yes. products as we can. And it's getting easier to do that as there are, you know, more vegan food artisans are are cropping up in in the area so that's getting easier vegan than treats. it was when we first vegan treats How yes um, vegan treats? <laughs> but we do try to carry a lot of local brands yes. and a lot of just not so local but small um small batch products from yeah. all over the country as well yeah, so like herbivores herbivorous butcher am i saying that yeah yeah mm-hmm. i love them too. Yep. they're amazing i love following them Vegan treats have, and, and you guys did a, um, which I never liked Scrapple in real life. I never even tried it in real life, but you guys did an amazing vegan Scrapple that was very delicious. We didn't make that one. We, oh, we brought didn't. it. No, we didn't make that oh, one. Oh, that was very but, um, good though. I think Scrapple, we haven't made it, but I think it's fairly easy to do. Um, the ingredients are really, you know, pretty basic. Like so man's meatloaf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, never, I've never actually had real Scrapple. Me neither. Nope. Don't really have any interest in nope. Scrapple that much, but um, no. I imagine me reading the book know. for research. I'm just sitting here like they sent me this book because it was Pennsylvania Dutch themed. So I yeah. just want to make sure to tell my audience, um, Whoopie Pies from Vegan Treats are available at Firefly. You guys have done some really great um, meals yourselves that are Pennsylvania Dutch themed, and then of course we had the Scrapple that one time. And any of the sausages work really well with the sauerkraut <laughs> and you can make it work. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me. This is really nice, Lorianne. It's a nice um, distraction from reality right now and a nice way to promote one of my, well, my <laughs> ultimately favorite, favorite restaurant ever and the atmosphere. You guys are my cheers and I can't wait to get back indoors and meet up with people and spend time with you guys because it's just a wonderful wonderful experience and but you're you're carrying on and it's still a great experience it's nice to see your faces every week and there's so much just joy radiating and the smells are amazing and intoxicating and I love your little boy so much <laughs> my former student Julian he's just one of my favorite people on earth so. <laughs> you too. thank and you so too. much for joining us joining us today and please tell Michael we said hello and also Michael's a musician as well and where can people find Michael's musical projects is that still happening uh, is let he me still ask. is he still practicing and stuff Hold i on didn't even think of that <laughs> it's um on facebook it's at red eye music okay cool i yeah, think it's red-i music and i can link the proper link to in the in the notes but is he still practicing with everything that's going on are they able to practice at all i guess that would be really no, hard he's not i mean that stinks he's definitely playing all the time by himself and you know always practicing here but no there's no real safe way to do that so no and he's zoom is like also making a sacrifice <laughs> yeah yeah and zoom zoom you know, music practice can't be fun no I mean, my not at all. piano no, lessons take my kids are doing dance and piano on zoom it's like ridiculous nobody else in the classes are doing that <laughs> can't even imagine. so thank you but for being on the start 
practice he can't wait to get out and start performing sure. again and none of us can wait to <laughs> i know it's just this. it's very hard no. as a creative yeah it's hard i never thought i'd miss vending Lorianne. like i never thought i'd miss meeting people and being around <laughs> but um thank you for being Sorry. on the island thank you guys for both being on the island with me it's so nice to have somebody <laughs> close by that is also living on our quarantine island so thank you so much for joining us it was really nice to talk to you and i look forward to seeing all the fun stuff you guys um are going to be offering for the holidays too.